0: All right, I don't think Jonah will help us with John 17. I, by the way, heard a sermon somebody sent me, one of my students, on Jesus' take on Tobit. If you know the Apocrypha, you know that Tobit is a quite an interesting little tale on the Apocrypha, very works-oriented. And Jesus, actually in Luke... Six sixteen to seven, sixteen to twenty seven or something like that, he actually takes apart that story uh, and and there was enough evidence from because the outlines go step by step through that story, as it is as it were, particularly chapter four of Tobit. It was quite an impressive sermon, and it makes me think that there 's just so much more in the gospels <laughs> than we understand. Uh, and I'm thirsty for every drop. Amen. So, Amen. John 17. And does anybody remember since we went back? We went back and forth. Doug wasn't here last week, so we uh, saved this for him. Does anybody remember where we left off? I think in five. Verse
1: five. So
0: six. Verse six. I thought we went. I think we went. We went We, were to, we went through to verse thirteen. Yeah. All right, so starting with verse 14. Since we're starting late, I'm going to go ahead and read. Mm -hmm. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they do not belong to the world. Let me start with verse 13. But now I am coming to you, and I speak these things in the world, so that they might have joy made complete in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I am not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. We'll stop there. I had a gentleman. <clears throat> I've, I've told this before. I wrote a Science of the Times article on hell, giving my view on that. And a gentleman took issue. And wrote me a long letter telling me how what hell was really like, and mm-hmm. how it was in the middle of heaven, and, and all the all the heavenly hosts, uh, all the good people could look in the, into hell and watch people who tortured them on earth suffer torture for eternity. And uh, he said that he was certain that I was not really in Christ. Because if I were really in Christ, I would be persecuted, and then I would want people to go to hell. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs>
2: you would be persecuted, that's for sure. <laughs> right.
0: I had a certain sense of pathology in this letter, but I wrote him a very thoughtful reply of about four pages, single space. Never heard back from him. But we tend... We, I, I, I think I, the, the part that pricked me the hardest is, so if we're not suffering persecution, does that mean we're not Jesus' disciples? I mean...
2: Think about it. How could that be incorrect?
0: Well, he says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. So, here's the thing. Then... There are no Adventists who are Jesus' disciples because Adventists aren't being persecuted. I would, I think other other than certain countries that are yeah. notorious for persecuting people yeah. Christians, uh, like Russia, like communism, right, right. Um,
3: North Korea, of any faith.
0: Yeah. What do we do with that? Because he was adamant. I hadn't suffered persecution. I, I didn't I didn't tell him in response that well it sounds like you hate me. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
2: but see, here's the thing. Return to Scripture, you will be persecuted.
0: So nobody in the Adventist Church has returned to Scripture. Nobody and nobody in the United States has returned to Scripture. God has no people in the United States.
1: Well does persecution mean Civil persecution, or is it yes. going to be spiritual persecution? Good point. Because this country is founded on the two principles of s- civil and religious. So we don't have particular upfront religious persecution, but we have civil persecution. People yes. lose their jobs or can't take certain work because mm-hmm. of the Sabbath.
2: Why persecute those who knowingly deviate from Scripture?
3: And it was tough when I first came out of school and I didn't have any experience, you know, trying to get a job right out of school, you know, because I wouldn't work on Sabbath. And I'd even tell people, you know, it's 168 hours a week and I'm, so I'm those available to 144 those who
0: work those, for the church those, and don't uh, have their 44. Sabbaths off aren't biblical?
3: Well, I think it depends on the profession. I think if you're a nurse or I think if you're, you know, I, I mean... It, I, 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 you know, I know for me as a business person, it was hard for me to kind of justify being on Sabbath, unless I did make some exceptions. If I'm in a company and some an employee gets hurt, that's work. You know, I, I don't make the decisions, and the employee gets hurt, and I need to come in and help that employee get to the hospital or whatever, like that. I needed. If there's a fire in the building. There's ex, there's examples where I think it'd be like the equivalent to an ox getting out of a dish or only, you know, trying to help someone. But I but I do as far as working regular hours to. Help the company make money i didn 't feel like that was appropriate
0: right yeah. right, but what i 'm talking about is how do you, how do you deal with this with the statement with Jesus when we have had we 've had over a hundred years of religious freedom and religious tolerance in America now that is fast going mm-hmm. as of last week, yeah. Yeah. As of last week, the uh, Congress, I believe, voted that to allow religious freedom to evangelicals who want to control America. And Ellen Reinock was on Facebook <laughs> saying, in fact, Pastor Wittes yeah. got on Facebook and said, wake up, <laughs> wake up, it's here.
3: And allowing them... Um Churches to give political donations
0: well to what it parties. means is prayer will be enforced in public school uh, in certain areas there'll be a blurring between the union uh, there 'll be a blurring between ch- church and state mm-hmm. and and the religious right will have increasing control in america
3: you know um, I went to public school from kindergarten through sixth grade, and I could remember conversations my parents had my, my dad was Catholic and my mom was Methodist, and this is before they divorced um in the home about no prayer in schools and all that and and i can remember i I must have been upset about it so i was in third grade and um we had a test one day and i raised my hand and i said miss runyon um is it true um that you know i can't pray before i take a test she said honey you can bow your little head and pray anytime you want to
0: right that's that's always been allowed
3: but but she but she but she had a point that i hadn't thought of before you know, the the fact that we weren't having like a prayer in front of the classroom every day or whatever doesn't mean you can't pray. You pray in your own way when you want to pray, you know.
0: Yeah, and and see the problem is that the religious right isn't content with everybody individually making up their own minds on these things. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's why you know, things could be changing but I don't think that they're changing because we're suddenly now Jesus' disciples. I don't think we've I don't think we're any more Jesus disciples than we were in the last hundred years. No, I don't think
2: so either. Return to, it is written, and that would change.
0: And so, my question is, the world has hated them. Jesus' disciples went everywhere preaching the gospel. We have no evidence that they were persecuted.
1: There's no story. One died a natural death, though.
0: I'm t- that was future. This is now. I'm talking about now. That says okay. the what? world has hated them. Not the world will hate them. The world so has hated them.
1: What the definition of persecution is and the hate.
0: Well, you know, Jesus doesn't use the word persecute. He's using the word hate. hate. What does it mean to hate, hate. in so Jesus' way? Jesus said, if unless you yeah. hate your father and your mother... You have no part with me. Does he mean we literally take Oh boy, I hate my parents. Yeah. I want them No, what what does Jesus mean when he uses that word hate?
1: Well that the world's gonna be selfish, they're gonna have fear, they're gonna have
0: The world hates what we stand for. Yeah. They may not they may not manifest it against us. Which means that in order for the world to hate what we stand for, we have to go contrary to what the world teaches. Which is, Scripture. me first. What does the world teach? Me first.
1: Selfish fear.
0: Me first. <laughs> my, my own self-interest is paramount.
1: Right, right.
0: I think I'm, I'm beginning to feel increasingly that things have changed within the last year. I have a different set of students than I've had in all the years of teaching.
3: Mm.
0: And I've taught here for 22 Years, my teach, teach students are now increasingly resistant to the principles of ethics that mm-hmm. my students, even a year ago, resonated with.
4: You know, Jen, I think you know is, uh, our world is changing so quickly. And, you know, we sat and uh, we've all looked at the you know the eschatology. The spirit of God has been the four winds are withheld, but we've just seen irrational. Uh, and and I've experienced some of that, and and uh, sheesh, i experienced it at a you know a clinic, you know. Just you know, there's no reason for for people to be so hostile. These are professional people because you're a Christian or you're a person of faith. You have this hostility toward those things of, uh, and and we have these battles within our own college, and we, we have. Uh, Anyway, the difference of beliefs, you know, there isn't this tolerance or acceptance, or or, or the Spirit of God softens and the sons of thunder can, you know, (laughs) be friends again. But you're seeing this. It's like,
0: see, something's happening. Yeah. When God's Spirit withdraws, love and trust and trustworthiness go right out the window. Honesty, integrity, integrity, all of those things just go right out the window. So when. When we know that this is happening, and you think about what Jesus termed the world, what does Jesus mean by the world? Does he mean the Romans?
4: Oh, it's a belief system. Like, yeah, so.
0: Doesn't he mean the whole world, including the Jewish nation? I'm also curious about what hate means. Weren't you getting at it, that it's yeah. rejection? Yeah, it's rejection of the principles. It, it's, in, it's an intolerance.
2: Which is, that's a perfect word because we have an intolerance for scripture today. And that is kind of the heart of the problem. I mean, think about this. You know, it is written, any woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. And that is unacceptable today.
0: Well, it's unacceptable to me because of context. Because I don't see all scripture as linked to, as universal in application. That's a very specific statement made to a very specific church in a very specific time and place. And so for that reason, I don't wear my head veiled. Ellen White did not pray and prophesy with her head veiled.
2: Ellen White had a meeting with Satan. She described it to us in the Great Controversy. In the 1885 edition, especially in her meeting with Satan, she described the events that are exactly happening today.
0: I, I believe in what she said, but she did not pray and prophesy with her head covered.
1: When she met with Satan, did she have her head covered? No.
0: Oh.
3: When, I, when I think of the context of hate here, I'm thinking more at an institutional or, 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 or social conventional level or formal level not in terms of hate in terms of individuals hating you you know whatever like but i think like not accepted by in other words the system
0: the, when she, when jesus talks about the world he's talking about the systems and the powers yeah, and the structures right right and that does totally make sense but keep in mind the systems and the powers that jesus is talking about and that he's confronting are very religious and very bible based mm. They believe the scriptures.
2: Yeah, that's exactly the same thing that Satan addressed when she met with him. This is out of my personal collection. This is a great controversy between Christ and Satan. Uh, This is the 1885 edition. But listen to what Satan said. And this is exactly what's happening. This is, she writes, says the great deceiver. And I'm on page 337. We must watch those who are calling the attention of the people to the Sabbath of Jehovah. They will lead many to see the claims of the law of God, and the same light which reveals the true Sabbath reveals also the ministration of Christ in the heavenly sanctuary, and shows that the last work for man's salvation is now going forward. Hold the minds of the people in darkness till that work is ended, and we shall secure the world And the church also. Watch now. The Sabbath is the great question, question, which is to decide the destiny of souls. We must exalt the Sabbath of our creating. We have caused it to be accepted by both worldlings and church members. Now the church must be led to unite with the world in its support. These are the words of Satan. We must work by signs and wonders to blind their eyes to the truth and lead them to lay aside reason and the fear of God, and follow custom and tradition. Last paragraph here. I will influence popular ministers to turn the attention of their hearers from the commandments of God, that which the scriptures declare to be a perfect law of liberty shall be represented as a yoke of bondage. The people accept their ministers' explanations of scripture and do not investigate for themselves therefore by working through the ministers i can control the people according to my will
0: and notice notice the law she's talking about is the ten commandments it is the sabbath that is the context and i believe she says elsewhere that when the sabbath is revealed more fully that's when god will work in a special way on his people and I believe that that's what needs to happen, is that the whole Sabbath needs to be revealed more fully. But we're getting way off topic. Let's come back to verse 14. I have given them to your word, and the world has hated them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the
4: world. You know, Gene, i always wish I could hear him say that. This is like the most passionate has to be like the most passionate prayer in Scripture, mm-hmm. where he is just pouring out his heart to God for, you know, specifically, pretty specific about his twelve. That's just you know, I did, th- I gave him your word, and step uh, one is going to go away, you know, protect him. You know, it's kind of his last plea. <laughs> you know, it would be neat to hear mm-hmm. his his passionate plea of the Father to watch over.
0: It's like, it's like here they are in this this very oh. dangerous. Oh. Zone
4: and they're so fragile. They all ran right. off.
0: That's <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> they're they're
0: totally fragile. Yeah, you know, yeah.
3: I've who's going to keep them?
0: <laughs> right, and the one that they, that was supposed to be the strongest and the most yeah, capable right. is <laughs> Judas. You yeah. know,
2: yeah. Um, who is highly educated, by the way, <laughs> which I so, find interesting. He knew multiple languages. The evidence suggests.
0: Peter, I have a question for you. I'm sure. highly educated. Are you against me?
2: I'm not against you. Mm-hmm. There's just a call to return to Scripture. I'm not picking on you. I would Let me tell you the first time I re- witnessed my first re-baptism re- not too long ago in one of our churches. And here's another deviation from Scripture. Scripture says one baptism not re-baptism and when I was sitting in in the in, in watching this happen in one of our churches my heart just sank it was quite then what do you do with Sc- Ellen White calling Scri- for rebaptism Scri- sometimes Scri- scripture says one baptism and i'm talking about full immersion in the name of the father the son the holy ghost one baptism one body one spirit one body many parts
0: but but ellen white There's actually call. called there's she, a
2: call to repentance. Just do what it says.
0: But, but she called it for rebaptism. There's in a sermon that she preached at the Oakland Church. She called for rebaptism. She said, "Unless you repent, on our rebaptize yes. and it's because they were backbiting, they were destroying one another, they were hostile to one another in the church." And she called for rebaptism.
2: And so then there will be those who accept that word, and there will be those who accept this word. That's just how it's been what,
0: One baptism has There's more than one meeting, Peter. You, my dear.
2: you have not yet realized you are a high-priority target for Satan because you're in a leadership position. Not
0: just you, my dear, but your counterparts at the other colleges Okay, Peter. Well. Peter, let's calm down. Okay. Let's Wait, get back let's to topic, on. okay? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to discuss this with you again. Nothing
4: okay? You okay.
1: do it personally, okay? Let me, uh, I have a different translation that... It seems a lot more positive to me what Christ is saying. He's pointing out the issues, but the way it's worded here, like 13 sentence, and I've got to read 13, it says, I am coming home to you now. Like, whoa. And I thought, Christ is coming home to you now. Like, whoa. But I say these things while I'm still here on the earth so that they may see the importance of daily, heart-searching conversation with you and experience the full joy that comes from constant unity with you. So we're supposed to be searching daily, constantly, and praying. And then it says, 14, I have given them the truth about you, but the selfish world hates them because they have the antidote to fear and selfishness and are not in harmony with it.
0: I think that word selfish, it Mm -hmm. says it all. That's the world. That's
1: that's what he's saying?
3: That's
0: the world. It's selfish, it's self-focused. And what's in it
3: for me instead of what's in it for God? It's in it for
0: me. It's I want control. I want power mm-hmm. over. And I want, I want you to look at me. I want you to listen to me. I want.
1: That's why God had to remove himself from Christ, because he loves. He had to remove himself from Christ and let him die.
0: Because he loves.
1: Not because he's selfish. Right. Right, right, but I think a lot of the world thinks God moved Himself away from him.
0: because right. He's selfish. Yeah,
1: you you abandoned your
3: you to your, you've been to your son. That's, mm-hmm. son. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. I I want yeah,
0: to I want exactly. to mm-hmm. reiterate that point because you know our our major overthrust is salvation and atonement. What Jesus accomplished at the cross was to dethrone the selfishness of the world. And to prove that he is a selfless God.
3: Amen.
0: And the Father and the Son, Ellen White suggests that there never was a, such a, su- a sundering of the divine powers as at the cross.
1: Mm.
0: Mm. That God was separated from God.
1: Mm-hmm. And Jesus' human part didn't really know he could come through death.
0: No he had well the complete suffering. Like he was complete i don't think even his divine part did because he was completely separated and in that separation wow. mm-hmm. there was no there was no perception that they could, could come and that's suffering. the opposite of what he's
4: talking about in this chapter he's talking about this oneness that he tries to describe but mm-hmm. i was thinking like the, the verse we just started the i gave him the word what what mm-hmm. is what is your take on when when it, when john says what does it mean it's not just
0: I gave them your word. Keep in mind First John chapter 1. Right, right. That's where he sets the preamble to oh, all he of this.
3: The right. And gave, then does it again in 1 John. He gave, he gave himself.
0: himself. He gave him himself. Uh-oh. In the beginning was the word. The word was with yeah, God. The word was okay. God. Yeah, he was in the beginning with right, God. Information. All good. things came through him. Uh, without him was not anything, and so on.
3: Yeah, he gave him well, that's kind of funny. word. I think of like when uh, when when Jesus was in front of Pilate. And Pilate asked him the question, What is truth? And truth's standing right in front of him. (laughs) You know (laughs) he's he's literally standing right in front of Pilate and Pilate asked him that question. Now what difference do
2: we have today, right? Right,
3: right. But but I I think for me, because I've read this chapter, it's one of my favorite chapters in in scripture. Oh,
2: for sure. I've I've
3: cried so many times over this chapter because here's Jesus who laid down his life for this little speck of a planet and all the little specks that are in it. And he's praying for us to get along and to be as one. And this prayer still hasn't been answered. And that r- breaks my heart. Well, go to, mm-hmm. go to verse 6. And, and I know I'm guilty
2: of part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, know I'm, I know I'm complicit. We all are. Verse 6 kind of kind of sums up the word. Yes. My translation says, You gave them to me,
0: and they have obeyed your well, word. Well, look at the first part of verse 6. Mm-hmm. I have made your name. Name is character in the Bible. So I have made your character known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and you have kept your word. They have kept your word because they know your name.
4: They, yeah, they, they know. They, they
0: know that you take ca- so. ca- it's impossible to obey God fully without knowing him.
1: Mm. So this what so. 14th in this translation says, he told them the truth. He told them about truth about God. Right. Because that's contrary to all the world's view of selfishness and fear. Right. Because there's fear. It's not just selfishness. There's fear. And that's part of the reason of selfishness is fear. And you know, our news media in the world now is pushing fear.
2: Mm-hmm. Fear, mm-hmm.
1: fear, fear, fear. Which is
2: so incredibly powerful. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we started off based on fear. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Fear. But, yeah. the obeying fear. And knowing obedience is totally different. You're on the track right there, brother. But you can obey. It uh, says Christ has that great section that, that you you can do all the things right. Says, but to to know to know Him, mm-hmm. and she describes who has, who has your the deepest heart. affections. She has the heart. Who has your heart? Who do you talk about? Mm-hmm. Who you, And that's a, that intimacy and oneness that he's pleading for here that's, uh, mm-hmm. that he wants. Well,
0: and this is, this is a good uh, stepping stone to what's next. Uh, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Uh, is, uh, how is. does that happen? There's a spiritual uh, law mm-hmm. that describes how this happens. How do we sanctify it by the truth? I like by the truth rather than in the truth, although the it works out to the same point. How does that happen? What is the spiritual law?
4: It's the truth about God.
0: It is. It is the truth about God. But how does that work?
1: The sanctification process. process you're asking about. Or?
0: Look at Second Corinthians three. I, I think
3: of it as the example of Jesus.
0: Second Corinthians three. I'm talking about the mechanism by okay. which it. Okay. Got works. it.
3: Okay. okay. Um, which chapter?
0: Chapter, seven, uh, chapter 2 Corinthians 3, three, yeah. 3. Verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen. And all of us Amen. with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of the Lord as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed from, one, from into the same image from one degree of glory. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. It is by beholding that we become changed. Amen. Amen. It's God works on the law of transformation, not a law of conformity.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Poor careers.
0: God conformity is something that happens externally from external pressure in. In transformation comes from the inside out. God always works from the inside out, not from the outside in. That's why Paul says in Romans it's in Romans twelve that we are to be transformed, not conformed. By the renew be transformed by the renewing of your minds.
4: it's interesting. Every every list he always does. Love me with all your mind and your intellect and your your choice. Love me with all your with heart, heart, soul, mind and strength. He, he goes after that inner in those lists that he always gives to to change love me with all your heart
3: this is a big big factor for me i think in the way i try to approach developing relationships with students transformation doesn't occur collectively at a macro level it occurs one person at a time Mm -hmm. understanding that person like you said by beholding you become changed and you become changed because you understand that person and what makes them tick so like trying to connect with students and and give them assignments to give them a wide range of flexibility and see them deliver that assignment and understand more about what their interests are, what their passions are, what their talents are, that helps you kind of get them where God would have them go, as opposed to like this. You know, there's one objective truth, and this we all need to conform to the standard. We all need to be like Steve Jobs, or or you know this or that or the other it, thing or whatever like you, that. We need to be who we are.
0: You can do it in a group on one on two two premises. If you can present and dialogue with your students in such a way as to engage their reasoning and their understanding and their Appreciation mm-hmm. for what you're saying. That's number one, and number two, and more importantly, the Holy Spirit is with each of those students Amen. in the classroom, That's right. and it is He who works with them individually uh, when you can't be there for every single individual mm-hmm. uh, in a classroom of 40. And I've seen things happen in my classroom that I cannot attribute to myself, mm-hmm. but I contribute to the Holy Spirit working on the hearts of my students. So that's, you know, one-on-one is where Jesus shown the most, Mm -hmm. isn't it? Aren't those the stories that we like the most, that Mm -hmm. we are drawn to the most, that teach us the most about God? Mm -hmm. So I'm totally resonating with that one-on-one. But when we can't, when we have an audience, Mm -hmm. and we can't be with each person dialoguing with them, we can can allow the Spirit to use us in such a way that He is where they're ministering to each student. Mm -hmm. Amen. I am very convinced that what happens in my classroom uh, can only happen if the Holy Spirit is there Mm -hmm. and in charge. And I'm increasingly doing less um, planning my agendas, Mm -hmm. my as is what I want to teach them,
2: and more asking
0: and more asking what does the Holy Spirit want to teach?
2: Amen. You know, that's that's having that receptivity, which is that's like having your spiritual antenna up. That's awesome.
4: Yeah, that, that's coming in that other door, Gene. I remember <laughs> we were in in uh, field school in Glasgow, Scotland. We're living, say, in the University of Glasgow. And we all thought we were really smart, you know, finishing seminary. We're sitting down with some of these young intellectuals or peers describing all our theologies. I remember at the end that one, one late he says, well, I understand why you believe that. No conviction. No. <laughs> you can intellectually, but if you come... Th- and Jesus always told story. I remember one of my first research things in grad school, we did, we did the metaphor mm-hmm. versus just cognitive information. Mm-hmm. It's about five times as powerful to tell a story mm-hmm. than to give information. You're, you're, pulling, you're pulling the whole being. Mm-hmm and you have a better chance, and the Spirit of God has a better, better you chance. You can't,
0: and then, honestly, you can't teach ethics, for example, without story. <laughs> you know, it's that's just, a, and that's why I, I remember the first time I went to the Society of Biblical Literature meetings, I was a fresh, new teacher, trying to do a field I wasn't trained in, and that was ethics. And I decided to go here papers on ethics. So I went to about, I don't remember how many papers, and sat there going, where are they going? Yeah. <laughs> it was right over my head. Right. It had jar- all its own jargon that I didn't understand. Yeah. The papers were abstract, mm-hmm. totally abstract, devoid of any concrete information or content or case or anything. I was just lost. And after my brain was fried on the I think fourth paper, I gave up. I stopped going to those meetings and I just I decided I was going to have to teach my way. So this word sanctify them. What does that mean? We kind of went jumped over that. What does it mean to be sanctified? It's built on the word uh, in English, sanctus, which means holy. Mm -hmm. Likewise, in in I don't know what it is in it's hagi, 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 hagiason, yeah, Um, in the Greek, and I'm not familiar with the cognate forms but I know that in Hebrew it would be part of a word that means to be holy
3: what, could it mean being filled them with the Holy Spirit in other words sanctify them is in essence what he's saying is fill them with something bigger than they are to be
0: holy and I'm thinking now yeah. Hebrew Bible background right. because John is, seems to be steeped in the Old Testament right. To be holy is to really... We say to be set apart, but I always feel that that's a shallow it, it reading. It it's a shallow reading of it. In in the, in the Old Testament, there was the holy sphere and there was the profane sphere. Mm-hmm. Profane did not mean blasphemous. Mm-hmm. Profane meant say, common, ordinary. ordinary common. Okay. And the holy sphere and the profane sphere were to be kept separate in the Old Testament. Jesus... Pulls the two together, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So, you, so, you say, well, so what? What are they? And I, I where Jesus actually separates them, mm-hmm. is in a level we don't tend to think about, mm-hmm. and that is that Jesus did not believe that what is the profane, what is the ordinary, mm-hmm. was to control the sacred, so that. When Jesus, when we proclaim Jesus as king of kings and lord of lords, we are never in any sense to profane that by suggesting he's in any way like an earthly king.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: He is completely an unking in the earthly sense. He's the, he's the one who knelt down fully conscious of his divinity in chapter 13 and washed his disciples' feet.
1: It helps me feel very high. I didn't like this idea he's king of kings and lord of lords. So like,
0: I, am, I have more power than yeah, you. I,
1: I just don't like that phrase I, more and more. I don't I've disliked it more what? and more because it doesn't no. make sense. He's, I think the fact he's that he's the, the creator allows
3: him to be the king of kings. Yeah. He's he's the on lord.
2: That's probably the best explanation he's, around yeah. right there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up.
0: He's yeah, the yeah. true king of kings. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that only became used once in the entire Bible. It's used in Revelation because Revelation is speaking to the Babylonians who invented kingship. So so what we have here in in Jesus is this sanctify them through thy truth. The truth does set us apart, but the truth transforms us if we allow it. If we allow. and and the truth if if you go back to the Hebrew roots of what tr- truth is truth is related to the word trust in root Amen truly is related to emeth, trust and emeth also means truth so truth is what can be trusted and what that means is that I, I I want to bring in another passage, but they don't. it doesn't have the same terms. Uh, would you agree that to be sanctified totally is to become righteous? Mm. Through Christ? Absolutely through Christ, but does it mean to be righteous? Is that at all part of it? Because if it is, I want to go back to the Abrahamic covenant. Boy, yeah.
1: well, I, I, it, it seems like it because in... In 2 Corinthians 10, it talks about that we don't use the same weapons as the world, we don't use the same trickeries, sanctions, flattery, etc., so forth.
2: We have a different set of weapons. A different
1: set of weapons. So these weapons are
2: truth weapons. So right. sword weapons. of truth, shield of, helmet of, right. put on the armor of.
0: So. Actually, there's only one weapon, so, and that's the word of God. Look at uh, Genesis 15. This is the Abrahamic covenant and God doesn't even use the word covenant. He doesn't use the word to cut a covenant like he does in uh, later covenants. Yeah. So, he tells Abraham somebody of your own issue will be your your heir and I, your your descendants will be as the stars of heaven. Mm-hmm. Then verse 6. And he believed Yahweh that word believed is also a word to trust. Mm-hmm. He trusted Yahweh. And Yahweh considered it as his righteousness.
2: A definition of the righteousness.
0: Kind, the kind of righteousness that is righteous is trust. It, is, it means having trust and trustworthiness in relationships. And I think what has happened is we have so adopted in Christianity a Babylonian world view in which everything is contractual mm-hmm. in terms of relationships everything is is legally bound <coughs> in some way yeah. that we have a hard time even understanding a trust and trustworthy mm-hmm. relationship
3: it's all about rights and responsibilities mm-hmm. and, and, and quid pro quo you know um, but here's my here's my favorite weapons Galatians five, twenty two and twenty three. That, oh, that's, that's the a, weapons. Great. Those oh, are the weapons. That's, that's, yes. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that,
0: that nice. word faithfulness. Yeah. It's trustworthiness.
3: Yeah. trustworthiness. Yeah, isn't that or, or or I like patience better than forbearance. It's, isn't that holiness? Yeah. I like patriotic. Yeah. 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 He wants you to, be holy. Wants that's, that's wants to the, look the, like that. That, that like actually
0: it. is the fruit <laughs> of sanctification. <laughs> but I Very I would like to I would like to suggest that We need to get back to the basic element Uh, we've missed in this whole thing. That when God talks about holiness, sanctification, truth, and the kind of righteousness he wants, he's talking about a trusting and right relationship with others. Mm -hmm. With God... And with others, amen. So, and that's a point we completely overlook because our way of looking at relationships in the Bible, even more than in interpersonally, mm-hmm. is so deformed.
2: Mm-hmm. Indeed, it's
0: so deformed <laughs> by by a legal construct that we place over.
2: Uh, Ephesians six uh, looks like uh, verse fourteen talks about. Uh, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place.
1: Gene, one of the Bible commentaries that I was reading precisely emphasizes what you said to kind of bring a circle around this because he mentions that they may become one. And then the middle part that we were just looking at was that they become separate from the world because they have believed. And then it says at the end they need to be one. Because they Mm -hmm. have been set aside. They need to come together and uh, become one. And
0: um, it was kind of nice how it kind of uh, made a parenthesis around this and came back. So so you could say this is the center. Actually, uh, this is the center of how this oneness comes into place. So maybe when Jesus says, sanctify them in the truth, the word is truth, he's saying that's the oneness. Sanctification is the oneness that will happen mm-hmm. as they are sanctified right. by the truth. Mm-hmm. The
2: oneness of spirit,
0: indeed. Mm-hmm. With, if you have trust, trusting relationships, and you can't have that in a hierarchical model
2: mm-hmm.
0: where I have power over instead of power mm-hmm. under. Uh, in a trust relationship, each is trying to empower mm-hmm. the other. Absolutely. That's the only way it works. That's so the idea that we're in this together.
1: Mm
0: hmm. You know, that whole right? we're in this together. That's mm-hmm.
1: so the idea that we're in this together. Mm hmm. You know, that whole is we're in this mm-hmm. together. Because you have believed you are different than the rest, but you have all believed the same thing, the same truth. Therefore, hang together.
4: You know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, and Gene, uh, I've been doing all this testing with the 16 PF. I have a trust scale on the, the, this personality mm-hmm. profile. And if it's if it's over and it comes from abuse or damage or inappropriate authority and in structure, if that's low, it's you know that's really important. You're going to be a nurse, and or if you're in a relationship, if that isn't high, they can't love without trust. And a hierarchical thing doesn't create love.
0: You you said it because that was my whole problem. Remember, before our conversion, I couldn't love, love God, it. and it was because I couldn't trust him. Yeah. Love it. As when I when he won me to trust, love took care of himself. Mm, that's
3: beautiful. Mm. You know, it, it, leadership really isn't about pushing people around and have, <laughs> putting them in front of you and have them like take take the hits for you. Yeah, it's right. about putting people on your shoulders, man, and like empowering them. Yeah. You know, and like being a support or a servant. That's really good leadership. Which
0: is, which is Paul's model. Yeah, uh, to honor one another, preferring one another. Yeah.
2: Yeah, right. like Jesus. Yeah, some, some translations oh. use the word esteem others above. More He's highly up. than yourself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Going back to the enabling, um, in my, one of my classes I'm taking, uh, we went over the, the Ten Commandments again, and it was interesting when I was reading that the Ten Commandments in the You Shall Not section, um, it kind of has a positive element to it as well so in, in, in essence um, one of them saying you shall not murder the positive component would be to you shall promote life and so <laughs> given that the Ten Commandments is based upon love and how we're supposed to love and interact with each other that, that was interesting mm-hmm. how yes. that, that the Ten Commandments yeah. not only like, it, it yeah. enables us in, uh, this, this is an example of how I that's beautiful I uh, can that's see beautiful. all roads in scripture leading to the same place yeah. who God is what kind of relationship he wants with us All right, let's have a quick closing prayer. Gracious Father, we ask not only that here your spirit be manifested to us, but as we go from this place, may we sense his presence. May we allow him into our minds and hearts that he may transform us into your likeness. And may we then go out to the world and allow him... To work with those with us and with those whom we minister to, to bring them to a clearer understanding of your character. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.